0: This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And then he summoned ten of his slaves and gave them ten pounds and he said to them, Do business with these until I come back but the citizens of his country hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we do not want this man to rule over us. When he returned, having received royal power, he ordered these slaves to whom he had given the money to be summoned so that he might find out what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Lord, your pound has made ten more pounds. He said to him, Well done, good slave, because you have been slave, because you have been trustworthy in a very small thing. Take charge of ten cities. Then the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has made five pounds. He said to him, and you rule over five cities. Then the other came, saying, Lord, here is your pound. I wrapped it up in a piece of cloth, for I was afraid of you, because you are a harsh man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked slave. You knew, did you, that I was a harsh man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow? Why then did you not put my money into the bank? Then, when I returned, I could have collected it with interest. He said to the bystanders, Take the pound from him and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you gave this parable not only to those who were with you as you approached Jerusalem, but you're giving it to us today, and whatever is ahead of us. And so we humbly pray that you would breathe life into these words, that they may be a word for us. Illuminous, we pray in your name. Amen. Some things do not go as we expect. At this time last year, the Red Sox were preparing for the 2018 World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers with a memorable 18-inning third game. It went way into the night. Did anyone stay up for that one? Just raise your hands. Looky here. Good for you, with almost the same roster this year, the Red Sox were in a position to win. Some things do not go as we expect. Now think about new parents and what they expect it will be like to have a baby. Take my own husband, for example. He shared with others that he expected it to be not much different than bringing home a pet. You give it some food, you give it some attention, you take it out every now and then, not much different. I should have guessed that this would be his expectation when he told me when we were dating that on his first babysitting job, he put the children up in the attic when he did not know what else to do with them. Not for long, mind you. On this side of heaven, the kingdom of God may not go as we expect. In verse 11, we have a key phrase, because they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Well, what... What just happened prior to this? If you look in your scripture, what happened before this was the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus, had had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He entered into the kingdom of God. What was the result? A changed heart. He said, I will give half of everything I own away, and if I have defrauded anyone, I will repay them four times. Now, a crowd was going through Jericho at this time. They witnessed what took place with a chief tax collector. They were on their way to Jerusalem. It looked like things on earth were going to get better. Wrongs righted. The world order restored. The crowd expected... That when Jesus went into Jerusalem, there was going to be some kind of a holy coup. Everyone in the wrong would be ousted. People in the right would receive the benefits of the blessings of God. This was what they expected. But they were about to be disappointed, if not undone, by what unfolded. Now, what do you expect? as you seek to live faithfully in relationship to Jesus, that your body will not hurt, or work will not frustrate you, or relationships will not be without friction, or that your favorite sports team will win. Jesus corrects our misunderstandings by giving us this parable. Parable... It is a compound word in Greek, par- parallel, alongside. Bole comes into English as ball, to throw. Parable is when a story is used, thrown alongside our own life story, so that we can make connections. It sheds light. This parable sheds light on what we are to expect during the long interval between Jesus' ascension and his return again in glory. So let me summarize the parable with some interpretation. A nobleman, Jesus, goes away to a far country to be made king. Far country is a way of saying a long time. The nobleman calls ten of his slaves, disciples, and gives them each pound is equivalent to three months' wages. This is a significant and valuable gift. He gives this to his slaves. That word in Greek is doulos. It is used all throughout the New Testament. When we hear the word slaves... Most likely, the image that comes to our mind are black American slaves, people kidnapped from their homeland, held hostage the rest of their lives, forced into labor by white masters. Nothing as brutal and dehumanizing existed in the Greco-Roman culture of the first century. Slaves, doulos, in Roman society, could do their own businesses, own them, own them. They could practice highly professional practices and skills. Some slaves even owned their own slaves. They were artisans, they were tradespersons, they were managers. What made them slaves was their legal relationship to their owner. They were accountable to do what their owner asked of them. The word accountability is the word of a slave. They worked under authority. Now, this is why in the New Testament, the disciples and the Apostle Paul refer to themselves as slaves of Jesus Christ. Look it up. That's what the Christian Disciple is a slave of Jesus Christ, owned by Christ, working working under his authority in order to fulfill his will. So in the parable, each disciple, each doulos, receives three months' wages with the instructions, do business with these until I come back. Each disciple is to get creatively to work. Now, this is something like the microloans given to people in emerging economies. Our friend Dave Valley founded Esperanza. That's the Spanish word for hope. It is an a, a organization that makes microloans, small loans to individuals to get them going in their business. Dave was a Baseball career player with the Mar- Mariners, the Red Sox, and the Rangers. And with professional career, he remembered when he played summer ball in the Dominican Republic. Dave became a doulos, a slave of Jesus Christ, while he was in the minor leagues at Lynn, Massachusetts. And he has devoted his post-career life to Esperanza, making the loans, which add up to millions and millions of those in the Caribbean islands so that they can earn, repay the loan, and have that money put back into the community, raising the dignity and well-being of all. Jesus is going away for a long time. In the meantime, he gives us gifts to work with in order that they may multiply. The citizens of his country, however, hate the idea of this nobleman being their king. So they send a delegation after him to oppose him. Who do these represent? The majority of people throughout history who live for themselves and refuse to live under the authority of, of God, doing the will of Christ. We see this rejection clearly in Jerusalem, with the trial and the crucifixion of Jesus. The hostility spills out on to the disciples throughout the New Testament. Christians are persecuted. Paul writes in second Timothy 3:12. indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Last week, We heard Jesus say, look, I send you out as lambs among wolves. The story that Jesus tells parallels what happened in 4 B.C. Herod the Great died, and a son, Archelaus, went to Rome with the goal that Caesar Augustus would crown him the king of Judea. A delegation of 50 Jews went after him to Rome to protest his being their king. Archelaus was not crowned, and here the parallel ends. Jesus tells us what to expect. The nobleman returns in royal power as king. That's the news. Jesus is coming again, and it will be the final accounting he will summon his disciples his doulos ask what each has done now we experience this all through life now we experience this all through life students in their final exams businesses in their end-of-year audits adults in our annual physical what should we expect to hear we will hear what kind of disciple we have been. There are only two kinds. The first, trustworthy. The first disciple came forward. Verse 16, Lord, your pound has made ten more pounds. That's a thousand percent increase. Notice how this servant refers to the money. Lord your pound He never saw it as his own but as the Lord's John Wesley contemporary of George the founder of Methodists Methodism said this The possessor of heaven and earth placed you here not as a proprietor but as a steward This is what this first Servant, the disciple, believes and therefore lives. And how does the Lord respond? Verse 19. Well done, good slave. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small thing, take charge of ten cities. To be trustworthy is to be found faithful to fulfilling the Lord's request. What's interesting is that the Lord refers to the amount given as a small thing, a very small thing. It it actually could be translated today as teeny-weeny. Three months' wages is not a small amount, but it is teeny-weeny in comparison to the reward that follows. Whatever Jesus gives us is only a test. Do you remember TV and radio? This is a test. Only a test. That is what Jesus gives us. Well done, good slave. Because you've been trustworthy in a very small thing, take charge of ten cities. Take charge. That's... Have authority over. Now, to us, that sounds like more work. Like a husband giving a vacuum cleaner to his wife for Christmas. You and I might think the reward would be an all-expense-paid two-week vacation to the Caribbean. But what does Jesus want us to expect as our reward for faithfulness? The Lord rewards faithfulness in small things by sharing in his authority. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus shares his authority with those he finds trustworthy stewards of what he has entrusted to them. Are you the kind of person that God can trust with his creation, with his people, with authority over the affairs of others and their well-being. Are you and I wanting authority over others for its own sake, or are we so thoroughly shaped by being under the authority of Jesus Christ that we become like him in our relationships to people, in relationships to money, possessions, and the earth? Which is it? Consider what Jesus has entrusted to you. Are you faithfully using it to express the will of God on earth? In the final judgment, the day of accounting, everything will come to light. That's one kind of disciple. What's the other kind? The unfaithful doulos the one who fails to fulfill the express request of the master. He didn't steal from the master. He simply didn't do anything with what had been given. Let's look at the reason this disciple gives. 20 and 21. Then the other came saying, Lord, here is your pound. I wrapped it up in a piece of cloth. It's a sweat cloth. For I was afraid of you because you are a harsh man. You take what you did not deposit. You reap what you did not sow. The disciple's attitude is crucial to understanding this parable. This disciple views God, seen in Jesus Christ, as harsh, even a lawbreaker. This disciple views God as requiring too much from those who serve him, views God as one who runs over people. How do you view God? Is it not revealed in your stewardship? Do you mistrust Jesus' intentions? Do you see God is using you as a pawn for his own gain? Our attitude toward God is revealed in how we steward our lives. If we mistrust the character of God revealed in Jesus Christ, we will remain cautious, fearful, silent, and inactive in our faith and in our giving. As we see in this parable, silence and inactivity are inexcusable when the business is so urgent and the commission is clear. What have you been given? Remember, it's only a test. It's only a test of what kind of disciple you are. Are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy and faithful with what he's given you to use, or are you untrustworthy and unfaithful there is an accounting before god ken costa in his book know your why shares a story to help us joel pruzak was an employee at the ice cream chain dairy queen and while working behind the counter he saw in line a blind man who in pulling out his wallet a $20 bill dropped on the floor. He watched as a woman in the line quietly bent down and put the bill in her pocket. Joel Pruzak came from behind the counter and approached her and asked her to please return the money to the blind man. She aggressively refused, claiming it was her own. refused, claiming it was her own. Pruzak did something generous. He opened his own wallet and handed the blind man his own twenty dollar bill, which the man received gratefully. Business continued, as usual, at Dairy Queen. But a customer in line observed the entire event and sent an email to the Dairy Queen's management regarding Prusak's act of generosity. The management posted it on Facebook. It went viral. Two days later, Prusak received a call from billionaire Warren Buffett, who invests in Dairy Queen. He thanked Pruzak and invited him to the next investors' meeting as an integral part of the organization. Now, it was a small teeny, weeny comparison to the reward. It's the same with God. What have you been given? What does God expect? I'm a possessor of hundreds of books in the library upstairs. I was hoping by this time so many people would be in my study that they would say, can I use that book? And I would say, yes. Now, it's not happened that way. I need your help to let my books become a lending library so that what I have got becomes something you can use. Help me with this. Do you decorate? Do you knit or sew? Do you paint or hammer or nail? Do you listen well to others? Do you sing or play an instrument? Do you care about children? Do you have a knack with youth? Whatever resource you have, whether it's time or talent or passion or skill or money, it is for you to use, to multiply the expression of the kingdom of God on earth. You and I are stewards of what God has given. In the end, there will be a final accounting, and what will the Lord's word be to you? Will you hear? Good and faithful servant? Or will you hear your own voice offering to the Lord your excuse? Let's pray. Only you know what it will be. Oh Lord, but it's not too late for us to will what it is that you want to hear and what we want. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.